opinions expressed by the hosts and guests of Reality Realty are not necessarily the views or opinions of Northumberland 89.7 FM. The information given is designed to be informative and helpful. You should always consult a professional when buying or selling your home. Good morning, Northumberland County. This is Reality Realty, Northumberland 89.7 FM's real estate talk show. I'm Dale Bryant, and I'm an active real estate broker with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage. And Reality Realty is your local real estate forum where we take on, we talk about, and we interview guests on all things real estate with a direct focus on our community and all the little hamlets and towns within it. I would like to thank Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage for being the sponsor of Reality Realty. They helped to make this show possible and you can find your local Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty in the Northumberland Mall in Coburg or at 41 Walton Street in Port Hope. That's their new location. Drop in and say thank you for making Reality Realty possible. Joining me this morning is Carol Ann Bryant. She is co-hosting with me this morning, and Carol Ann is a mortgage broker with the Broker Financial Group. Good morning, Carol Ann. Good morning, Dale. How are you? How am I? I'm doing well, thanks. Good. Good to hear. That's, that's like a little scripted, right? Didn't we say, how are you doing, like hours ago? Uh, I don't remember. We likely did, although we got up at different times. So True. Maybe we haven't. Maybe that's the first. Well, Carol Ann, on the show today, we have a few interesting topics, real estate topics. We're going to look at what should people do or at least be ready for when you're a buyer in a seller's market. That is a very good question. Yeah, that was a question that someone posed on a survey a couple weeks ago, someone, it was a really thoughtful uh, suggestion for a topic is, uh, is what, how, how do you, how do you handle being a buyer in a seller's market? And very applicable to the situation going Uh, on right now. Because it is such a strong seller's market Mm -hmm. here uh, this year and all of last year. We're also going to look at, you're going to tell us about five important questions to ask your mortgage lender before signing the dotted line. Yes. We'll also look at snapshot of our local real estate market. We will look at your thoughts. Your thoughts is a review of last week's Reality Realty Survey, and I'd just like to thank everyone for participating in these surveys. It makes our show very interesting to hear what you have to say. And we'll start the show off with snapshots. Snapshots to look at today's residential real estate market in Northumberland County. And this year is definitely turning into a repeat of last year's hot market. Over the past month, we have had 124 residential listings sell here in Northumberland County. And 124, when I look back at the numbers say seven weeks ago, we were we were reporting numbers. I was reporting numbers like 41, 43. We're at 124. And that leaves us with an inventory today of 336 active listings. The average price in Northumberland County of successful real estate that has sold 
has been approximately an asking price of 316000 and those folks have been receiving on average 307000 over the past year. They're receiving approximately 97% of their asking price, and the market time is 65 days. So that's how long it's taking for the average residential listing to sell in our community. We're still in a seller's market and with a 37% absorption rate. I research these uh, Northumberland statistics and I calculate the absorption rate using information from List Central. And List Central is our realtor component of the MLS system. So if you're thinking of buying or selling a home, contact your local realtor and find out this kind of information that is specific to the area you're looking at, the price band you're in, and the type of home you're looking at because they can vary. These statistics can vary once you start getting away from what's general and and move that into what's specific to your real estate needs. Carol Ann, why don't you give us the mortgage rates? They remain unchanged, Dale. You can get as low as 2.49 on a five-year fixed, and the variable, five-year variable is prime minus 0.55, which is 2.2, <coughs> excuse me, 2.2%, because mm-hmm. prime is 2.7. Now, these rates are, there's some conditions that apply to these rates, obviously. As, as always. Yep. And thank you, Carol Ann, for supplying us with uh, mortgage updates every week and Carol Ann Bryant is with the Broker Financial Group. And that folks is your current snapshot of the residential real estate market here in Northumberland County. Your thoughts. Your thoughts is a review of your answers and comments from last week's survey. And last week we asked, did you gain financially or did you lose financially in your most recent real estate transaction? And we had our first 100% in agreement survey response Hmm. and everyone said that they gained a hundred percent and it wasn't one it wasn't one response it wasn't one response (laughs) we had many responses everybody said they had gained that's Uh, good news yeah and the follow-up question a second part of this survey was what did what did the people think were the reasons behind their financial gain most of the people basically said it was the obvious. They they were able to sell for more than they paid for their real estate when they bought it. Uh, and, and a lot of people cited renovations and improvements to their home for mm-hmm. reasons that they had gained. We had uh, several answers that got a little more specific about those renovations. <clears throat> and they said it was smart improvements Another said strategic improvements to their home in combination with a good market. And that's really, that's a really key point in this follow-up question about why they think they gain. Because you don't, ne- you don't necessarily make dollar for dollar when you get some work done. Right. Uh, and when somebody says strategic or smart renovations, uh, that that would attribute to... How, ma- how much money on the dollar are they going to get back? Because if you put any improvement to your home, well, any improvement to your home could just be maintenance of your home. It could just be maintaining your investment uh, so that it, your home doesn't start to fall apart. And even though the home price index is going up every year, maybe the condition of your home 
is not allowing it to uh, reach the full potential of that home price index. So if we put money into homes, you know, landscaping is a big one. We've talked about this a few times. I've seen numbers printed up to 200% return on investment for landscaping. Wow. Yes, and, and, and other things maybe such as a roof you won't get as big a return because people are just expecting to see a roof that's operating as it should. So so that was a key point, key key renovations. Another another person put down they attribute it to the construction of the four oh seven, enabling people from the GTA to continue uh, to commute more easily mm-hmm. into our community. And and certainly, as realtors, we see a lot of people come from the Durham area and the Toronto area. A lot of people are able now to work from their home uh, most of the time. Maybe they're only commuting once a week or maybe a couple times a month into the big city. And that certainly helps people to come out this way and get a lot more value for their money in a home and and I would have to agree with this uh with this person who who wrote out this survey the 407 is absolutely an enabler and it's only going to get better as the for, new part of the 407 is is built the most most of the respondents did say however they they attributed it to the market Mm-hmm. to the hot market we've been having. Right. Carolyn, neat article I read from the Canadian Real Estate, uh, is Canadian Real Estate Wealth. I, I believe they have a magazine. I typically read it online. They reported on some statistics that are put out by the Canadian Real Estate Association, CREA, and what they said was the Durham region is the fastest growing market in all of Canada over the past four years. Interesting. It beat out Toronto in growth. It beat out Vancouver in growth. Really? And so, I I mean, as a realtor, I know the realtors in this area, we've certainly felt over the past four years the presence of of people from Toronto coming to our area mm-hmm. because I, I truly believe we're getting a spill off. I mean, it, it doesn't just stop right on the borderline of Durham. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's a spill off and, and some people are taking advantage of these, of this great growth in the real estate prices in Durham and, and saying now I'm going to sell high and buy reasonably in Northumberland County. Over the past four years, since the beginning of 2012 to the end of 2015, the price growth in Durham has been 32%. Wow. Yes. And compare that to Toronto. Toronto's price growth in that same time was 25%. Vancouver's was 24 So in all of Canada, Durham was the fastest growing community. There you go. I did not know that. I would have I would have guessed Toronto or Vancouver if you had asked me that question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And most people would have and and I likely would have as well mm-hmm. until I saw these statistics. There you go. We've learned something new today. We've learned something new and it, and it gives us an understanding of why 2015 was such a hot market. Right. Why why real estate just went so so hot. And 2016 seems to be really no different. Well, folks, those were your thoughts. 
on uh, answers to the survey. We have our new survey out right now. And, and please, I'd encourage you, get involved again in the new survey. Uh, we posted it this morning. And the question on today's survey, and you can find that survey if you, if you search for me, Dale Bryant, real estate, look for my Facebook, look for my Twitter account, and there are links posted there on those social media accounts to the survey. Look it up. Look it up while you're listening and answer the survey. And we're asking you, were you involved in a real estate transaction in 2015 or already in 2016? And how would you describe your experience in this busy, busy seller's real estate market? Uh, you can give a, a longer explanation or you could maybe just in a word or two or seven words or less. Let me know what you thought about that experience. And maybe you haven't actually even bought yet. Maybe you've just been looking. Mm -hmm. And maybe maybe part of your experience is frustration in, <laughs> yeah, in, yeah. In, in trying to get into this market. Sure. So those folks were your thoughts. Are you going to answer the survey this week? Um, well, I, I can. However, we have not sold or bought. Oh, yeah, that's right. For several years. So <laughs> yeah, that's right. I would be uh, don't, don't dishonest be a, don't, in my... <laughs> don't be a poser. <laughs> So this is just a reminder that the views and opinions expressed by me, co-hosts, guests of the show, or any of the articles presented do not represent the views and opinions of the station, of the Northumberland Hills Association of Realtors, or any real estate brokerage, or of any other realtor. They're simply our views and opinions at this time. Carol Ann, you yes. have some information for us on mortgages this morning. You have something about five important questions to ask your mortgage lender before signing the dotted line. Can you tell us about those? I can. Um, you know, these are these are questions that I think are important. Uh, some people will just come in and sign the paperwork and maybe not even read what they're signing. But again, as I've as I've mentioned several times, this is likely the largest debt you are going to take on in your life. You should understand the ins and outs of it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you could be unpleasantly surprised at some point during the time you have this loan. So um, an important question to ask, how are the penalties calculated if I break my mortgage early? So if you've signed for a five-year term and all of a sudden you want to um, take some equity out in your home, during that five years, that's considered a refinance. You want to sell your house before the end. And so then you're breaking the mortgage. You're wanting to pay it off. Potentially breaking the mortgage. Potentially breaking it, yeah. So the question to ask is, if you do break that mortgage and pay it off in full, what interest rate are they using to calculate the penalty? So we have two penalties, three months interest, but the majority of fixed products are calculated with an interest rate differential. And several lenders will use the posted rate to calculate the penalty. So the going rate of the day, the, the posted rate of that day. Right. So for instance, right now, the posted rate on the five-year fixed is 4.64%, but you can get a five-year fixed as low as 2.49%. Right. So the posted rate is used to calculate the penalty. And in this case, that penalty then can cost you maybe three, four, even five times higher than a mortgage lender who does not use the posted rates. So the majority of lenders that I 
use, don't use the posted rate to calculate. So this can save you thousands of dollars. They will use whatever your contract rate was at the time you got the mortgage. So for instance, the contract rate right now would be 2.49%. Mm-hmm. So that is an important question to ask. Many people get surprised with a huge penalty and are, are unhappy, of course. And a lot, of penalty. Pe- a lot of people take out a five-year fix. It's That's the, the most common. Yep, the typical. And, and I wonder what the percentage is of people who actually see the end of that five-year fixed term yeah, um, without touching something. Typically, people will end up doing making some kind of change in the three to three and a half year range mm-hmm. within that five years. Yeah, the, that seems to be statistically, I don't, I don't know what the percentage is, but... So people don't have any intention of that's it. That's correct. But that's that's what history, that's what the yeah. figures are saying. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, second question, is this a collateral mortgage? So this is um, something that lenders have recently started doing is um, putting all their mortgages into what's called a collateral charge. And so basically what that means is they're even though you have a certain loan amount, they're registering on title maybe 100 to 125% of what the value of the house is. So this can be useful in the case where you have uh, 20% or more equity in your home because what it allows you to do is if three years down the road, you decide you would like to take some money out for home improvements or whatever, and you have that collateral charge of mortgage, you don't have to go through uh, breaking your mortgage and the costs that are incurred to do that because it's already registered at a higher value. They can just advance the funds to you. Mm. The disadvantage is you cannot switch from that lender without incurring costs because it's registered as a collateral and not a standard charge. There will be legal fees that will be involved to break that mortgage. So you, you're kind of stuck with that lender and maybe maybe you want to move because interest rates are lower with another lender. Well, well you're kind of stuck or you, you pay that fee. And, and we know very well that it's well worth your time to shop around every time your term comes up, isn't Absolutely, it? Absolutely, yep. I mean, Mm -hmm. your present lender may have the best product for you, Mm -hmm. and a lot of times it's somebody else, isn't it? Yep. I'm going to sort of touch on that on question five. Mm, Sorry. That's okay. You're jumping ahead a wee bit. (laughs) Another question to ask, can I blend and extend my mortgage if I buy another house? So again, we're looking at people who all of a sudden decide they want to move before the end of the five-year term, and some lenders will allow you to uh, blend and extend your mortgage. So if you need more money to buy another house, you can blend the interest rate you have now and and, and not incur that penalty of breaking it entirely. Um, most variable rate mortgages cannot be blended. But the, but again, the penalty on those are three months interest, not not the uh, interest rate differential. Um, Caroline, yeah. a, a lot of people are familiar with the term porting their mortgage. Yes. Uh, blend and extend porting your mortgage. Yeah, so supporting porting, there's three components to that. And, and this is an important thing to know about your mortgage too. You can port it. You can do a straight port, which means say your mortgage your mortgage balance at the time you want to move is 125000 and that's exactly how much you need for the new house. That's a straight port. So you wouldn't incur any penalties at that point. You'd keep your same interest rate. There is a port and increase where they would blend the interest rate because you need a little bit more money for the new house. 
important decrease. You owe 125, but you only need 100,000 on the new house. Now you're going to pay the penalty on the $25,000 instead of paying the penalty on the entire 125. Mm-hmm. You would do that important decrease if you have a really good interest rate and you don't want to lose that. So the difference is uh, blend and extend is can be part of a port can be, or it can just be part of refinancing with that same house. You're mm-hmm. not moving necessarily. You just want to refinance and you want right. some additional funds. So right. these are all things that are part of your, and some lenders offer them and some lenders don't. So that's good to know. Well, Carolyn, we are in break time. Okay. Let's pick this up as soon as we come back. You've been listening to Reality Realty, Northumberland 89.7 FM's local real estate talk. Join us after this break and we'll continue to talk real estate. Welcome back. This is Northumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant. And my co-host today is Carol Ann Bryant, mortgage broker with the Broker Financial Group. Carol Ann, before the break, you were telling us about five important questions to ask your mortgage lender before signing the dotted line. I believe we got through three of these questions. Mm-hmm. What What's the next thing Number you should four. be asking? What happens to my life insurance if I switch lenders at the end of my term? And the life insurance I'm talking about is um, the mortgage protection insurance that you can get through your bank or through your mortgage broker. And that insurance is to cover you should there be a death in the family, then the mortgage is paid off, or there's a disability component that you can have if you wish. Um, With most of the banks, you if you move that life insurance does not move to the next house. So you have to get new insurance on the Mm -hmm. next property, which the downside to that is you're five years older. Maybe there's some health issues that have happened and maybe you don't qualify. Uh, The mortgage uh, protection insurance that I offer, most mortgage brokers offer, will will carry through um, with you. We'll move to the next house so you don't have to you know, requalify again, basically. So that is an important, if that is an important product for you to have, mm-hmm. then that's a question to ask. What's going to happen at the end of the five years? Can I take this with me? Do I have to reapply again? And some people don't need that insurance. It's certainly not necessary to have that insurance. It's not a requirement in order for you to be approved by the mortgage. It's an optional insurance that you can have. So similar to the mortgage, uh, if you're buying a, a different home and say you're porting, you're porting and increasing or porting and decreasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can you can also port that insurance, you're saying, but then that would likely have some adjustments for the increase or decrease, wouldn't it? I'm guessing so. I, uh, yeah. That would be something. I'm not licensed to sh- sell insurance, mm-hmm. so it's just a product I can provide. So you would have to speak to the... Um, insurance person. It would make that. sense, though. Yeah. If you're yeah. if you're requiring, if it's a bigger home, you'd be requiring more insurance. I would say. Yeah, but you can also with the mortgage uh, insurance that I have, uh, which is through Manulife, you can choose the amount you want. So maybe you have mm. a two hundred fifty thousand dollar mortgage, but you only want a hundred thousand dollars insured. There's flexibility there. And the final question, Dale. Yes, I'm waiting. <laughs> excitedly. What happens at the end of the term? And the most common term is five years. Uh, Will you be offered the best rate upon renewal? Again, this is where you want to, ahead of time, start taking a look at what the interest rates are. Most banks are counting on you to 
not want to take the time to look. And so typically when you get your renewal letter, it is not likely going to be the best interest rate. So you may have to negotiate. And, and can you negotiate at that time with your with your bank? So that is an important thing to to make sure because if you if you had a really good interest rate at the start of the five year term and you've made ground, but then you're offered it an awful rate at renewal, you haven't really made any progress, have you? No, and, and typically those notices don't come out super early to give they you do not. <laughs> all sorts of time to shop. So you need to keep track of when your mortgage term is up and, yes. and start doing your homework ahead yeah. of time, don't you? Yeah, about about six to four months before it's coming up for renewal. Yeah, start looking. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Carol Ann. Those were good points. Good Good things to consider before signing the dotted line on that mortgage. Well, now, Caroline, we're going to look at being a buyer in a seller's market, something all buyers over the past year plus can appreciate. So first of all, let's take a look at what is a seller's market. Now, typically, a a seller's market is recognized by having an absorption rate above 20%. We we report on the, the uh, absorption rate every week here on Reality Realty. Uh, we reported on a 37% absorption rate here in Northumberland County for residential real estate in general today. It only takes 20% or higher to be traditionally considered or typically considered a seller's market. And in this absorption rate that I put in a percentage, it's basically a ratio. It's a ratio of supply and demand. It's a ratio of how many homes have sold over the past month versus how much inventory is available today. Some people look at it in how many weeks or months of inventory do we have. Uh, A buyer's market is anything below 15% absorption rate, typically. And a balanced market is anywhere between 15 and 20. So we have definitely been reporting on a seller's market for well over a year with the exception of the odd week. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're in it now, folks. So this is a, a really good thing to take a look at how to be a buyer in a seller's market. Now, it's going to be a very competitive market for, for buyers, and the buyers are going to be looking at a very small amount of inventory. And that's what a seller's market is. So Dale, yes. what should you do or at least be ready for when you are a buyer in a seller's market? Well, if you're a buyer in a seller's market, one of the things that, that comes to mind is, is that age-old question when somebody says, is it more beneficial if I find a home that I want and put in a conditional offer and then sell my home and, and, the, and the condition being it's conditional on sale of the buyer's property or... Should I sell my home? Mm-hmm. And then once I know I have a sale, go out and find the home we want. Well, I think in in uh, as strong a uh, seller's market as we have today, you should really be giving uh, consideration to finding your home first and, and knowing that you can successfully purchase that home at a price that's comfortable to you. Because if you go and sell right now first mm-hmm. and the inventory is so low, you really only have very little to pick from. And then when you do decide 
you see something you like, there's a very good chance you're going to be competing for that home. So I'd be considering I'd be considering leaning to finding something you like. Now saying that, have your home ready for sale. So mm-hmm. if you do find something, you can have it listed and you can have it on the market very quickly so that you too can take advantage of being a seller in a seller's market. If if you do want to sell first, if that's just you're bent on it and and that's the way you need to go, also be very realistic in expectations of what you'll need to spend to get this next home. Don't don't just think, listen, I'm going to sell my home and then I know what I have. You might be surprised and and say to yourself, wow, you know, we were wanting to move up a bit. We're not doing a lateral move, but we were wanting to move up. Never dreamt that it would cost us this much to make this move up. And Mm -hmm. in which case, if if you already have a firm sale on your home, you're just you're dealing with that. That's that's the money you have to move forward. So those are some things for sure that you should be uh, ready for uh, when you're when you're a buyer in a seller's market. It's a bit it's a bit tricky. And maybe you're going to address this and maybe I'm jumping ahead now. But it's a bit tricky as well, because if you're going in with conditions in a seller's market, And you're competing. Yes, and that's and, difficult. And that that all gets in, and and we will talk a bit about that. That's that's keeping your head on straight in in negotiations, and and not get letting emotions get caught up mm-hmm. in in moving forward. I mean, as a as a buyer, you got to expect that homes are not going to last long before they're sold. Uh, yeah. And and I'm running into this. I'm running into this every week as as a person representing buyers, as a person uh, representing the seller, we're seeing that our listings are not lasting long before we're getting offers and multiple offers. So as a buyer, you need to be on top of new listings. You, you need to see them quickly. I mean, if you have a schedule that can allow you to stay familiar with what's coming up recently. And part of this is what I would say is, is have your realtor set up an automated search. And what is that deal? Okay, so an automated search, that is something that your realtor will do on their system, their uh, their realtor component of the MLS system. They'll take the criteria you're looking for. They'll take the location, the price point, you know, mm-hmm. a, a price band rather. They may even take features, look at features, and they'll set up this search. And this search will start to create a web page for that buyer and and it will populate that web page with listings as they come up that fit the criteria that's been put into this automated search. Now the neat thing about this is the people that receive these search results will receive them about about a day before you would see them on realtor.ca. If I upload a listing right now, it's not going to show up on realtor.ca in, until sometime tomorrow. So in a seller's market, this enables buyers to have a, a one-day lead on somebody who doesn't have this search set up. Now the other thing is you're you're working with a realtor and your realtor is busy. You're you're not the only client. I mean, as a realtor, I try to try and treat every client as though they're my only client mm-hmm. and and make them feel that they're getting that service which and and but at the same time I'm dealing with several buyers. Mm-hmm. So 
if I don't set up something like that, that will catch all the listings that could potentially be good for my buyers, something could slip by and it, sure. could, it could be the perfect home. Uh, the other thing is on this automated search, it, it's only as good as the information the realtor uploaded when they uploaded the listing. So it's great in, in certain aspects, but also a, a warning is don't get too specific with your automated search. Uh, one example I like to use when I'm talking to clients is, is a garage, say. If you're looking for something with a garage and you put that in your automated search, if that if the realtor who uploaded that listing happened to not tick that box for it has a garage, then then uh, that listing will never show up in your automated search, even though it's something that would be maybe ideal for you. So it's a great tool. So be a little bit broad and, and little, not and not yeah. so restrictive in your criteria. In your search criteria, exactly. Huh. I I really recommend having having your realtor set up uh, a search. Yeah, it's like a that. handy tool. Yeah. So what else can buyers expect to experience in this fast market? Well, you need to, as, as a buyer, you really need to have a good concept of market. You're going to know the type of home you're looking for. Uh, maybe, you're, maybe you're fairly flexible. Maybe it's not restricted to uh, one style of home. Maybe it is. Uh, maybe you're someone who just can't have stairs and it has to be a bungalow. Uh, maybe you're really looking for the condo life uh, and the ability to walk away from your home in the winter. But maybe you're, you're, the choice of homes are much broader. So, and, and the area you're looking in and the price band you're looking in, I would say you need to start going out and looking at homes. You need to start viewing these homes because sooner or later... In a market like this, you're going to find yourself in a position where you really like a place and it's going to require some quick decisions. Mm -hmm. You're going to need to decide fairly quickly that we're moving, we'd like to move forward and have a chance at this home. And, and that can, as far as I'm concerned, I like to sleep on things. You can't always sleep on it in a market like this. So the more homes you start checking out in your price band, in the style of home you're looking at, the more you're going to understand when you see something that does fit you and it has good value mm -hmm. because not every listing will some people are listing are listing higher they're doing a little bit of a fishing expedition they don't maybe have a, a realistic a concept of what their home value is so you need to be able to recognize that and yeah. and so we get out there and look we had that with our second home. When we bought our second home, it was a seller's market. You remember? Mm -hmm. And um, back when open houses were, were quite common and uh, we had to act very quickly and it was, I, I found it rather stressful to do that, but we had to act very quickly because there was many people interested because there wasn't much inventory. And I can't remember if we had already sold our house at the time. We did. We so we, we sold had our sold. Home. So we had a we had a firm offer on our house, and we had to find something. So we were in a panic. We were um, in, well, we we're in a time. Crunch. Yeah, we I, were, I didn't really like that feeling. <laughs> and we were in a panic. I think looking back, we were we put ourselves in a bigger panic than yeah. we needed to be. But there was definitely pressure. Yeah. And neither one of us were in the business at the time, so no. we didn't, you know, have the confidence that, that we would have now and the knowledge that we have now. So, yeah, mm. it, it can be very unsettling. And so uh, I think that's a good point you made. Yeah, to, we, were, uh, we were leaning heavily on the skills and the care of our realtors. Yes. And our financing people. Uh, so one of the things, Caroline, you're... 
to help you prepare to act quickly, get financially, no, not, not, not have a good feeling about what you can afford, but, but know what you can afford. And, and part of that is being, being realistic, being realistic on what the value of your home will be, mm-hmm. the, a realistic sale value and a realistic value of what it will, what it will take to buy the home that you're looking for. And, and so know that, but also be pre-approved financially and, and not just, not just a cursory approval. What, what would you say in, you know, Right. You so need you to can, be looking for. We have talked about this on past shows too. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you just get a pre-approval that's just an automated pre-approval. You haven't provided any documentation. So for your peace of mind, a, a good pre-approval means you have provided proof of income to your uh, the institution you're using, and they've checked your credit bureau. Mm-hmm. So the documents are in. Yeah. And they've they've validated those documents and they've looked at your bureau. They know they know you. So and they know your source of down payment, where your funds mm-hmm. are coming from for your down payment. Those are three yeah. things that are important. Now, I've also heard of people who will actually hire a home inspector to, to view a home with them. Right. Because they know if they like the home, they're going to have to act fast. Uh, maybe a good idea. I'm not sure what the home inspector is charging, but I, I have a, a couple reservations about this. One, if you're, if you're counting on that, home inspectors in a seller's market, I mean, they're, they're going to in any market, the home inspector is typically busy. So to think that you're going to be able to just get that home inspector as soon as a viewing pops up, that's a little iffy right away. And then the other thing is you're doing a 20, 30 minute walk through a home. What's the quality of that report from that home inspector? Likely just a verbal report. But what's the quality of that reporting versus a, a two and a half, three hour full home inspection. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure if you're just being, uh, you know, lulled into a sense of security that it's been looked at properly. I, I think a half hour, 20 minute home inspection is questionable. I, I would say have extra eyes. That's always that's, good. That's always good. Friends, family come in, have, mm-hmm. have extra eyes, a different perspective that you can talk about it after you've seen it. And, and another thing, Caroline, I think is very important. Be prepared to be in multiple offers. Right. And we're just going to take a break, but that's something we'll get right back to after this break. You've been listening to Reality Realty Northumberland, 89.7 FM's local real estate talk. Join us after this break, and we will continue to talk about being ready for multiple offers in a seller's market. Welcome back. This is your Real Estate Forum, Northumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant. And my co-host today is Carol Ann Bryant. Carol Ann is a mortgage broker with the Broker Financial Group. Carol Ann, interesting thing. Yes. 100 years ago, it, I believe it was 100 years ago, March 25th, there was this fellow Charles Chadburn of Minneapolis, and he was the originator of the word realtor. Mm. And, and he sold it for a dollar back then to the association that would eventually be known as the National Association of Realtors. I believe that's the largest association in the world. That's the, the U.S. Association of Realtors. Hmm. Yeah, little nice interesting. little sidebar, yeah, sidebar. trivia. Mm-hmm. So, so before we went to break, we were talking, or you were talking about um, be prepared for multiple offers, and and especially in a seller's market that's happening now, you're seeing it often as well. So, Expand on that, Mr. Bryant. Yeah. So what I what I would say to that uh, this whole competing offer, multiple offers scenario, some people. 
people say, some people refuse to get involved because they say, you know what, I'm going to spend more. I don't want to be forced to spend more than I'm comfortable with to get this house. And, and so what I'd say to that is you're never in a position where you're out of that control. Mm-hmm. If, if there is a house you like, put in your offer, establish what you're willing to pay, what you think is fair, put that offer in because you have no idea. I mean, we are seeing some very, very strong offers and and they're, they're quite often dwarfing the asking price, but not always. Every now and again, we're seeing some, uh, we're seeing offers win even under the asking price. So what I would say to that is establish what's good value for that house for you. Don't, don't let the, the scenario chase you away. Just stay true to your your beliefs on value uh, as far as that home goes. And another thing I say, and I've said this before, is when you compete for a home in a multiple offer scenario, I would suggest you may only have, chances are you only have one chance at this home. So go in with an offer that you will not be sorry if you do not get the home. If your bid does not is not the winning bid, that you won't be sorry that you didn't offer more, because maybe you'll find it once it firms up. You know what? Another another thousand dollars would have taken it, or two thousand, and and you might say I would have done that. Well, don't put yourself in that spot. Go in as strongly as you can be without without being sorry that you didn't get it. But the second part of that, and just as important, don't go in so strong that once you buy the home, you'll say I'm sorry I bought it. Yeah. You don't want to have the, oh no, what have I done? Exactly. Now, you know, you're going to maybe find yourself in a strong market like this as a buyer. You're going to find yourself maybe putting in one, two, three offers more and you're competing and you're competing on the next one and and you don't get them. Other offers beat you out. I'd say don't be discouraged because you also know, Carolyn, from working with people in the mortgage industry that uh, I'm sure you have clients that have tried to get a house many times before they finally are successful in this multiple offer scenario. Mm -hmm. Yes, especially clients I have from the Toronto area Mm -hmm. the last few years, even prior to 2015. Oh, multiple offers constantly. We're $100,000 plus. Exactly. I have seen that. Exceeding the asking price. The client will call me and say, no, I didn't get that house. It went for Mm $100,000 over asking. And uh, yeah, so they have to just keep at it all the time. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. So is there um, anything realtors can do to prepare for this type of market? Oh, for sure. I mean, it, it's it's not just a buyer who needs to be ready to act fast, but mm-hmm. it's it's a realtor as well. And and so for the buyers I, I mentioned, get to know your market, get to know the homes, view them. For the realtor, I would say get to know your clients so that you can anticipate what homes, what listings that come up are going to be the right fit for your for your buyer. And once again, one of the best ways to get to know your client is actually going through homes with them and see how they react to certain things because very often a buyer may describe what they're looking for but when it comes right down to walking through the home you'll start to notice that maybe you didn't have the right uh, you had a misconception of mm-hmm. of what was truly important to them so I would say get to know your client uh, another important thing is set up that automated search uh, you know, maybe your client isn't asking for it mm-hmm. tell them about it set it up 
maybe your client doesn't get email. Uh, they're not into that. So, so that automated search wouldn't uh, do them any good. Well, set it up for them anyways. Have it directed to your email. And then you'll get the, the indication, hey, something came up for, for those clients. Mm-hmm. A, little, a little tip there. I'd say have an offer ready. I recently did this, uh, showing a home just this past week. And mm-hmm. I knew, I knew this brand new home was going to be an option. I, I came to that viewing with an offer already printed out. We, we ov- I obviously wouldn't put in a, a price, but I had everything else ready to go. And, and a neat thing with that, now in that case, I printed it out, but the other thing I could have done, and this is another thing realtors can do, is take advantage of this electronic uh, signature technology. It's a, it's a very handy thing if, you're, if your buyers or your sellers are, are remote from you and it's not practical to meet up in person every time for signing. But it's also very handy in this scenario where maybe you have buyers who will want to put an offer in on this home immediately, but you don't want to print out copies of a listing uh, because you're concerned with wasting wasting the paper, wasting the ink. Well, with this electronic signature technology, you can have the offers made up right there and they can be filled in on your tablet. Uh, they can You can go to the Tim Hortons, you could do it right in the house you're looking at mm-hmm. and you can do it on your tablet and it's it's legal as of July 1st, 2015, agreement of purchase and sale, electronic signatures became legal here and and then the 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 buyers will immediately be sent a copy to their email address of what they just signed. Very good technology and we'll be talking a little bit more about technology in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'd also say find out more. Phone that listing realtor before you go. Find out what is the preferred closing date for these sellers. Know that because right. because this is going to be a competitive thing in all likelihood in a market like this. So maybe your buyers have some flexibility on some things like a closing date. Well, if you can find out the, the most ideal closing date and have that in your offer, that there's one less objection that the sellers are going to have have with you and your buyers, mm-hmm. uh, I would definitely, as a realtor, be finding out the earliest time that these sellers can review an offer, you know, and, and know that coming in with my buyers. Know right. that. So if you've gone in to look at the house today and your buyers are, oh, I, I want to put an offer in on this house, but the sellers aren't, and they're anxious because they know there's other mm-hmm. people, but the sellers maybe can't get together with the realtor until the next day or even a couple of days down the road to actually look at offers. Yeah, maybe they're on shift work. Maybe it's just not going to happen. Maybe it's a couple and one of the two are out of town for a day or two. Uh, I mean, it still can be handled with electronic signatures or maybe the sellers are just going to refuse to see any offers until whatever date. Because they want some more showings to happen on the house. They want some more showings. So... I mean, as a realtor, find find this information out at, at the earliest possible time so that you can be ready uh, to put in that offer and have the conversation with your buyers. When you're looking at that home and, and you get a sense that they might want to move forward, have the conversation, okay, what would you be willing to pay for this home if you're not competing? If you're the only offer going in? Yep. Versus. Versus what would you be willing to pay for this home if you are competing? Because typically those offers will look different. Yeah, and that's a really good that's a really good one because you're taking you're trying as the realtor, you're trying to take the emotional component out of it mm-hmm. so that buyers 
don't end up spending and and being re- regretful on the amount they've spent. Yes, and and have have both those if you're if you're writing up an offer as a realtor and you're not in competition but you're in a market like this where you can expect competition. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd I'd want to have that second offer ready to go with permission to use it if we if we find out that we're going to be in a multiple offer scenario. Yeah, that's because a good thing. That that second offer could come in uh, just moments before we present. Mm-hmm. So, instead of prepared and you're be not prepared. wasting time. Instead of having your clients panic and wondering, oh no no no, what now? Or or maybe maybe uh, husband or wife. All of a sudden, they, they they're busy. Mm-hmm. They can't answer this question. So think ahead of time. That's a really good point. Well, Caroline, that just about that just about covers what to do as a buyer in a seller's market. What to do as a buyer's realtor in a seller's market. And uh, and we have some other really neat shows coming up. We have do tell we do tell. We have Dan Bulger coming up next week. He is the 2016 president of our of our Northumberland Hills Association of Realtors. The next week we have Catherine Gissing. She's a repeat guest as well. Dan is as well. Uh, Catherine Gissing is from Sage Relocation Services. And then we're going to have a first-time guest. We're going to have a young realtor, Chris Walsh. He's a realtor with uh, Century 21 All Pro Realty here in town. And he's going to be talking about technology in real estate. Uh, Some great shows Mm -hmm. coming up. Carolyn, thank you so much for joining me and co-hosting today. Carolyn, What's the best way people can get in touch with you if they'd like to know more about mortgages? Uh, Likely the best way is to call my cell phone, which is 289-251-2948. You can also find me on the internet. You can also um, email me as well Mm -hmm. at carolann at mortgagesthatwork.ca. But the cell phone is the easiest way to get a hold of me. Perfect. Well, folks, if you have any questions or comments about today's show or pertaining to any real estate, feel free to contact me, Dale Bryant, by emailing dale at dalebryant.ca or call into the radio station at 905-372-2391 and leave a message for me. Remember also, find me on social media and, and click the link to take part in the short real estate survey we have for you this week. I'd like to give a big thank you to Reality Realty's advertising sponsor, Royal LePage ProLiance Realty Brokerage. They have over 40 realtors in the Coburg Port Hope area where helping you is what they do. Don't forget to join me, Dale Bryant. I'm an active real estate broker with Royal LePage. Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage. Join me next Thursday from 11 a.m. until 12 noon for Reality Realty on Northumberland 89.7 FM's truly local radio. Until next week, folks.